welcome back to another episode of the Brew Deck Podcast. I am your host, Heather, and I am joined again today by Cheyenne and CJ. Hi, y'all. Hey, how's it going? Doing pretty good over here. Awesome. Is it sunny for you? It is finally sunny for me. <laughs> I mean, at time of recording, it is sunny. At time of release, it will most likely be raining again. <laughs> but I'll well, enjoy it when I can. Yeah. Awesome. Um, awesome. Before we fully jump into this week's episode, I want to touch on some stuff. The Craft Brewers Conference is coming. Um, we're going to be at CBC next week in Nashville. So here's a few things for everyone to put into your calendars. Uh, Monday, May 8th, uh, from 1 to 2 p.m., our uh, lovely Tyler Scholes will be doing a um, talk on raw ingredient storages and best practices. Um, and then from six to eight, uh, we're going to be at the Pink Boots members meetup at Jackalope Brewing. And on Tuesday night, I'm so excited for this. We're going to be hosting our one-stop party at Yeehaw Brewing from seven till nine. Uh, so make, come, make sure to come down and join, join us uh, and some of our amazing vendor partners for a night of live music. Uh, and you get to try all of our delicious collaboration brews that we've done for the event. And we're going to just celebrate this amazing industry together. Um, we have Goodbye June uh, is going to be playing. And uh, this is going to be presented by Craft Beer and Brewing. And it's also sponsored by, of course, us, AB Biotech, Brie Smalting, Five Star Chemicals, and Oregon Fruit. So make sure to put that in your calendar and come and see us. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the week, you can find us all at booth 1345. Uh, we're going to have all of our collab beers on tap, and that is 11 beers from local Tennessee breweries. Uh, we will all be there doing live podcast recording. So if you want to put some faces to these voices, uh, come down and say hi. There's going to be a pinball tournament. Uh, thanks to our friends at Stern Pinball. Um, lots of giveaways, swag, and all that stuff. Um, take a look at our CBC website, just countrymalt.com slash CBC23 for all of our details. And we cannot wait to see everybody in six days. And speaking of CBC, we have the World Beer Cup coming up, which I personally am very excited for. Uh, we've got our Filson Vest program. Uh, with that program, we will be awarding one Filson Vest to each brewery that wins gold in that competition using either our Great Western Malting or Canada Malting Co. base malts. You can also participate in the Filson Vest program when you win gold in the Canadian Brewing Awards or the Great American Beer Festival, or for any distillery that wins double gold in a whiskey category at the San Francisco world spirits. You can learn more about our Filson Vest program by checking out our Vest of Both Worlds episode in season two. That's episode number eight. You can also reach out to your sales rep for more information. To better support brewers and beverage producers, Country Malt will be dropping recipes on our website. These will be inclusive of the latest style trends, processes, and will highlight ingredients from our catalog. These recipes are designed by our team of brewing professionals with instructions that are scalable for brewers of any size. You can find them on CMG's website at countrymalt.com recipes. Is there a style, process, or ingredient you would like to see in recipe form? Reach out to your sales rep and let them know or fill out the form on our website. Happy brewing. Stick around for our Ask Abby segment at the end of the podcast. All right. So we have a full house of guests this week and uh, we've got some really, really exciting news. Canada Malting uh, is officially launching our new adjunct facility and adjunct products. Um, this is coming out of our plant in Calgary, Alberta. 
Uh, and the first product that we're going to be launching is our new rolled oats. So today we're going to be talking to um, some guests that are actually not strangers to the podcast. Uh, Natasha Pyskar, Kyron Flett, Jonathan Warwick, and Idris Abalogbu. Uh, all from Canada Malting, telling us all about this really awesome new project. And we will also be talking to brewers from Cabin Brewing and Great Notion Brewing, who've actually got to trial the new product. So let's jump in. Well, we have a full house today, so I'm going to just jump right into it. Uh, Kyron, can you give us a little bit of a brief history on Canada Malting? Yeah, definitely. So um, specifically, Canada Malting in Calgary uh, put up the first malt house in 1912, uh, one of the first uh, operations uh, in Calgary and now still kind of resides in the central part of the city. Um, it's had a, a many expansions since then. So we've had uh, four different malt houses. Um, we've had a ton of uh, a growth, um, both from uh, larger brewers, but also then with the craft industry um, over the last 20 years. So um, we've had many uh, kind of additional assets uh, across the prairies and, and in Calgary to support um, that growth in the industry. Um, we invested in some country elevators and grain elevators um, for us to source barley and, and other grains and really help drive quality uh, on the inbound. Um, we also, um, since then, since 2010, we've invested in a water treatment facility, um, a, uh, a aerobic and anaerobic um, water treatment facility, which was commissioned in 2013 uh, and which just last year was uh, allows us to actually put water back into the river um, and really reduce our impact on the local watershed. We've uh, created a cogeneration, um, which was commissioned in uh, January 2022 and uh, really try to reduce our carbon footprint, reduce the plant load of on the local energy grid and uh, capture electrical generation as we are using heat and energy from the kiln. Um, from there, we actually uh, brought in Cal a bagging line to Calgary to support uh, the continued growth in the craft industry. So that was commissioned in 2019, and uh, we've had really great success with that on all of our uh, malt products, um, which then kind of leads us to our next um, project, which was an adjunct facility here in Calgary. And uh, same thing that's really designed to bring home um adjunct production into Calgary and, and help us uh, define, help us capture quality and uh, uh, our exposure to grain across the prairies and uh, really drive a product specific for brewers um, from that production standpoint. Yeah, it's been just amazing watching the facility in Calgary just grow and grow over the years. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, talking about Cogen and uh, the water treatment facility, uh, we had Jonathan on on our last episode telling us all about those projects. So Jonathan, as the project engineer for Canada Malting and United Malt, um, can you tell us about uh, the new adjunct facility project that you were working on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've spent a good few number of years uh, planning this, really. Um, I think, honestly, the first file on my computer on the project was probably back in 2017. So I guess you could probably say this was almost six years in the making, uh, um, where we wanted to basically uh, take a look at what we're selling with a, a, under the Canada Malting brand in regards to unmalted adjuncts um, and build a facility that, uh, uh, at Calgary that enables to do that all in-house. Um, 
so obviously we uh, we had quite a lot of homework to do. This is um, uh, although yeah, you know it's a similar uh, similar to malt. We, in fact, we sell it to, to brewers. Um, it's quite a different process, um, and there's a lot of homework that we had to do in regards to learning the process, learning the equipment. Um, so, so we could basically design and build this um, uh, state of the art, state of the art line, and, and have it be, you know, a top performing, really, really high quality production facility. Um, so we we went to school a little bit, and we uh, we looked at some other facilities that operated um, uh, running uh, similar equipment for the oat milling industry, for breakfast cereals, and things like that. Um, we went took trips over to, to Europe to take a look at equipment and, and and really get to the bottom of what was the right choice for us. And um, and essentially, we eventually settled on design, uh, which we then obviously went ahead and built. So th- there's a number of, there's quite a bit of uh, processes at, at play here, but essentially the, the heart of the process um, is the cooking and then the subsequent flaking uh, of the grain. Um, grains here being it could be any number of things uh, a lot of it is obviously oats but we also process wheat rye barley uh, essentially any kind of you know cereal crop we can we can process to some degree or the other um, oats is the predominant one for us that's kind of like the uh, the benchmark by which we we uh, we really test everything it's it's the majority of of what our customers are looking for so um, that's where we put a lot of our focus and so that's why we spend a lot of time with experts um, and consultants in the oatmeal industry people that have been working in the in the industry for essentially 30 40 years um, were, were essentially the, the key design people on the project for us um, we ended up getting a, a couple of different cookers so it's, a, it's something a little bit different that we went for we actually got two different cookers uh, one is what we have what we call the steam chest um, which is a very conventional style of, of, of uh, cereal cooker for um, for flaked material um, and essentially really what it is at its core is a big tall um, cylindrical bin that we fill up with grain and we inject steam into it um, steam is really the motive force of the process um, it's what um, hydrates the grain and heats up the grain um, to get it in that sort of semi-plastic state where we can flake it to really high quality. Um, uh, so that's really simple piece of equipment for us. Essentially, we put we fill it up with grain, we start injecting steam, we turn it over, and then when we uh, when we obtain the uh, the optimum quality that we want, we engage the rollers beneath it and we we flake everything that comes out and it becomes a steady state process from there on out. Um, it's a great piece of equipment, absolutely bulletproof. You can uh, you can basically put um, put put in almost anything through it, and you'll get a great quality flake out of it. Um, but it is otherwise uh, quite limited in in regard to what we can do with the recipes. So that's where we come into our second cooker that we bought, which is uh, which is uh, from a company out of France called Revtech. Um, and a Revtech cooker is is quite an, a unique little beast. Um, it's essentially kind of, uh, if you were to look at it, it's a big tall tower, uh, about 25 feet tall. Um, and we have a, uh, a coiling tube that goes up the perimeter of the tower. And when it's in operation, the whole thing shakes, uh, at relatively high frequency. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite a, a scary little piece to see start up, but once it gets going it steadies out, and it, uh, it doesn't seem so, so violent. Um, uh, but essentially what it does is it takes the grain at the bottom and the vibration of the tower vibrates it up um, until it starts coming out the top. And 
the, the purpose of that is that you get really even treatment of each individual kernel because essentially if you can imagine uh, taking a zoomed in look into the, the cross section of the tower, you'll see all the little grain kernels bouncing around and jumping as they climb the tower. And so that means each side of the grain is getting treated evenly. Each individual grain is getting even evenly treated. They're not, you know, one stuck on the outside edge, one stuck in the center. It's a very homogenous treatment of the grain. Mm-hmm. Um, while it's coiling up through the tower there, we, we also inject steam, very similar to the steam chest um, I described earlier. Um, obviously, we're doing that for exactly the same reasons. We, uh, we hydrate the grain a little bit, and we get it warmed up to a nice plastic plastic sort of consistency um and uh and the RevTech gives us additional opportunities on top of that as well um because not only do we have the option to inject the steam um we actually uh we actually have electric power that we can use to heat the tower as well and that happens in a number of discrete steps so we can actually get uh quite a wide range of temperatures much higher range of temperatures than we can get with steam alone and that really allows us to tailor our recipes um, to exactly where we want them to be. We can add a little bit of extra heat. Um, we can actually preheat the whole system before even the grain and the, and the steam get introduced. Um, and it keeps it very, very stable in terms of the temperature that we want to see. Um, it's, uh, it also opens up the, the possible recipe book of, that, of what we want to do. Um, so when it goes beyond things, uh, beyond flaked oats, uh, flaked wheat and flaked barley, sort of those really core, um, uh, simple products that, that move for us, we can actually start to do interesting things for us. And this is where we really sort of push the boundaries on the project a little bit. And we, we try to look a little bit further into the future and see what we could possibly want to make in the future that A, we don't make today, um, or B, uh, you know, tailor um, uh, to our customers if there's a new trend or a new uh, a new product that we want to push or, or becomes or grows on organically um, through demand of the brewers. And that's obviously something that we're really interested in doing is um, is taking all this equipment that we have and, and putting it to work and and, uh, and creating some weird stuff, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the cooking step, and the reason why we do that is, uh, you know, just to give a slight tangent here on the process here, um, is that obviously we're taking raw grain in this in this regard. Uh, raw grain, I'll define as unmalted, so you know, grain that hasn't gone through the malting process, mm-hmm. um, and we want to sort of take those starch, uh, uh, the starch crystals that are inside of it, and essentially pre-gelatinize them. Um, and, and what that kind of means, uh, it, the science of it gets really, really deep and murky if, if you want to go that far. But, but essentially what it means is that um, the grain is, is, is more prepared um, for gelatinization when you introduce it into mash-like conditions. So when it gets to the brewer, they can essentially take a, bra- a bag of our adjunct uh, and dump it directly into the mash. And the temperatures and the, the conditions of the mash Will mean that you get um, use, full utilization of the starch that's present in the kernels. Um, if we want to obviously cook it, if we want to flake it, um, and then we just take a bag of raw grain and just dump it straight into a mash, it would probably be a mess. Um, you would have a problems with it going through your mill. It would be very hard, glassy kernels probably making uh, making a racket and shattering as they go through the mills. Um, and obviously, when it hits the mash, 
A, you may not get that that great utilization of the starch that we want, um, or it may just be big solid whole kernels that just make your beds your 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 your, uh, your mash bed very uh, very porous and not very filter very well. So um, that's the reason why we're doing it, and that's the pre gelatinization that we do in these two different cookers. Um, uh, but for most of the products that we're doing, we're also flaking them. Um, so we we kind of went to the market and we looked at what was available in regards to flakers, and we essentially went for the cat-like model. Um, it's a Bueller model. Uh, it's, um, uh, it's uh, you wouldn't believe how much engineering they put into essentially <laughs> what boils down to two little drums or two large drums, as to say, uh, rolling in opposite directions and, and crushing grain. Um, there's quite a lot more to it than you would otherwise think. Um, so it's got it's all manufactured in Switzerland. It's um, the uh, the cool the, the rolls themselves are actually tempered, so we can preheat them up um, to our to our optimum uh, operating temperature. Uh, and when we're in operation, it actually has a cooling cycle, so it will regulate the temperature of the, the rolls to keep it exactly on the on the process spec that we need it to be. Um, the whole thing is is really very very um, fine in its control. Um, you know, we can we can adjust the thickness of the flakes, you know, to microns um, on either side of the rolls, and get a very even, very consistent uh, thickness to our, our flake. Um, uh, so yeah, that's kind of the the heart of the process. Obviously, we had to put in a, a new building to put it all in. We put in a dedicated intake facility to essentially handle all the in, all the incoming grain, separate to one of uh, everything else that we have going on the plant. Um, separate storage bins, uh, cleaning, post cleaning, uh, aspiration, tempering, which is uh, sort of the, the introduction of, of water to the grain prior to it cooking. Um, it was all part of the other things that we put into the facility. Really, the the the, the over encompassing goal for us um, in the design of the facility was flexibility uh, and quality. So, uh, best possible equipment that we get, um, and, and and putting in as much um, possible optionality to the process, such that a we can dial in the recipes exactly to what a brewer might want, but also b leave the door open to future products um, down the line and that's kind of like our, our philosophy with the whole thing um and uh, that's kind of what we did and so we spent <laughs> a couple of years building it installing it commissioning it and uh and it leads us to where we are today where we're essentially it's done and um we're ready to start rolling out the product and getting it into custom demands. rolling out no pun intended <laughs> <laughs> hey, actually that was not intended but <laughs> sure sure i do want to say i got i had the absolute pleasure of getting to actually tour the facility last time i was in calgary and it is one of the coolest things i think i've seen like it's just that rev tech is insane and i hope everybody gets a chance to come and see it one day because it's just it's really really cool yeah, yeah, we. Uh, it's quite a, a daunting facility when you walk in there for sure, and um, it's it's weird. It's different than what, pretty much everything else that we have mm-hmm. um, in the company. So it's kind of kind of fun in that way. Yeah, I think I said it. I was like, I don't. It's not at all what I thought it would look like. Not that I, I don't know really what I thought a flaking facility looked like, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really really cool. 
It's been uh, very cool to learn about all the technology that's involved behind all of this processing. And it kind of sounds like you, you know, with this facility, you have complete control over the quality of the products that you're making. Uh, So, Natasha, can you tell us a little bit about what makes uh, these products different from other adjunct products that are on the market? Yeah. So um, I think the biggest thing is being able to bring this process in-house. So we're able to have, uh, you know, we've built this facility. We have it on site. We have complete control over the quality. We're able to take some feedback that we've gotten through the testing process and really dial in the recipes for this product. So we're pretty excited about that. We can be a little bit more nimble to the needs of the market and and um, yeah, we look forward to to working with our customers on this as as uh, we're getting that feedback and really dialing it in. That's very yeah. And uh, if you wouldn't mind me uh, expanding on that as well, um, you know what what we found is that um, a lot of what is being sold uh, into the brewing market as adjuncts um, is is a good product, but it's essentially a uh, it's a food product so they the product was produced for the food industry uh for the cereal industry i'll say like specifically like you know stink cereal bars granola that kind of thing um and so obviously their concerns and their quality uh aspects are attuned specifically to what you know that kind of customer needs um which just so happens it works out very nicely for for 90 percent of criteria that works great for brewers too um but in regards to the finer touches uh we actually have the opportunity now to obviously produce a product which is you know tailored to brewers um so things like the the degree of cooking the uh, flake thickness uh these kind of things that we can actually just just tweak a little bit um and get just right for what a brewer might want and so obviously that's a that we've we've gone through and we've uh, done some test recipes. We've got it out to some customers. We've got some feedback, incorporated that back into the process. I don't mind. I hope I don't mind speaking sad tone, but I, I like to see that as being an ongoing process um, as we continue to uh, to get more experience under our belt and get some uh, uh, you know get a few hundred thousand tons through the equipment. We can really continue to tweak this to what our customers need. Um, and with specifics on that, I would mention that obviously you may see a transition um, from uh, quick oats to what we call rolled oats or flaked oats, uh, Baru's flaked oats, um, in the CMC bags as we transition over to the new process. Um, uh, to not get too bogged down in the wheat greeds, uh, into the weeds, sorry, um, is that uh, essentially what we've been selling um, under the Canada Malting brand thus far is, is a quick oats product, which means that we take an oat groat um, and we cut it into small pieces. Uh, we cook those small pieces and then we flake those small pieces individually. Um, the The reason for it uh, in the marketplace is that when you're talking about the um, the, the the quick uh, <laughs> what's called the quick breakfast industry, um, you know the instant breakfasts. Uh, it was essentially developed uh, as a need to essentially have quick cooking grains um, that essentially you can have in a pot. Um, you can boil a kettle, pour in hot water, and have it essentially turn into porridge within um, a minute or two. And that's why it's called quick oats. Um, what we found with our trials and when we were developing the project is that um, it wasn't really necessarily the best product for, for a brewer to handle. We found that there was a lot of um, dust and fines 
um, that, that cause a number of issues during handling. Um, so we've essentially transitioned uh, into producing what we call a, a flake dough product. Um, the process is largely unchanged, uh, except for the part where we're not cutting the groats into those small little pieces. So we keep the oak grove nice and intact. Uh, we cook it as a whole piece and we flake it as a whole piece. And what that means is, is that it will, um, uh, it will stay intact for longer. It's a more robust flake such that as it goes, um, you know, through handling systems, gets put into a bag, loaded onto a pallet, gets sent to a customer, they grab it off of pallets, and then they ultimately open it up and throw it into a, a mill or a mash. Um, there's far less breakage of fines that gets generated along that way, um, which means less dust, less mass, and, and better handling through, uh, through all those systems. Um, so that's probably going to be the, um, the most immediate and obvious change as we sort of uh, transition into our process. Um, but beyond that, the, uh, the processability from the, process, from the brewing end should be unchanged. Um, uh, the flavor, the contribution, the head retention, the body, everything that you look out, look for in your flaked adjunct um, is unchanged. Um, and that largely goes the same for almost all the other adjuncts as well. When we talk about flaked wheat, flaked rye, flaked barley, um, they are, should be, um, you know, about as seamless as they can be, uh, given that uh, we're obviously transitioning into a new facility with new equipment. So in addition to uh, changing to bold oats from the flaked, uh, we're also updating our bags. And Natasha, could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the new bags will will have a, a new Canada Malting branded look to it. Um, still sticking with that easy open top, although when I was a brewer, I took great pride <laughs> in being able to whip those strings off the bag, but the easy open tops are great. So those aren't changing at all. Um, we are sticking with a 22.7 kilogram or a 50 pound bag. Um, that's something I guess we've been getting a lot of questions on. Um, and there are some considerations there to do with, you know, density of the product and being able to fill and ship the bags um, safely. Um, plus also, you know, for the brewers out there, you don't have to make any adjustments to your recipes if you're already getting a, a flaked out product from us. Um, so you'll keep seeing those flaked products in the in that size of bag. Great. Uh, can I also pick on your uh, advanced Cicerone palette for a second here, Natasha, because I know that you've done some side-by-sides with some of the beers of the products. We're going to be talking to um, Cabin Brewing um, in this episode as well, uh, as well as Great Notion that have um, worked with our previous Lake products and have done some trials with the new rolled oats. Uh, they're going to give us kind of our opinions on them. Uh, can you tell me if you like what you noticed for differences, if you noticed a difference? Yeah, absolutely. I did a little a little secret sensory analysis of my own. <laughs> no, it's really great. We got to work with some local breweries here in Calgary, and I was able to get some kind of um, before and after finished products of the beverages that they made. And 
did a blind um, sensory analysis panel on that. And um, the long and the short of it is that there were no noticeable changes. Um, there's a couple of like processing changes, which I'm sure you'll dig into with them mm-hmm. um, as far as how we handle the product. Um, nothing, nothing negative, but honestly, uh, as far as haze retention, um, head stability, mouthfeel and flavor went, um, negligible differences in, in the change of the product. So super proud of the team here that we were able to create such a consistent product, um, that we're excited for everyone to use. Yeah. The feedback that we've gotten on these rolled oats has just been like spectacular. Like I literally had a brewer in Calgary that was like, I can't wait till they're fully out of the market. We want to use them all the time. So um, I think that's great. Um, Idris, obviously we're talking about, um, we're starting with the rolled oats. Can you give us a little sneak peek on what's going to be coming next? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, you know, when we started commissioning uh, the facility, we had the opportunity to uh, really uh, fine-tune some of our recipes. So uh, other than the flaked oats, we were able to trial some flaked wheat and some flaked rye and flaked barley uh, on both pieces of equipment. That's the Bueller and the RevTech. Um, so uh, look out. We have some flaked uh, wheat and flaked rye potentially hitting the shelves here fairly soon. Um, again, uh, those products have the same characteristics uh, as Jonathan and Natasha uh, have talked about as our competitors out there. So um, all those characteristics you're looking for in your flick products, so head retention, easy mouthfeel and all of that nice stuff. So hopefully um, ramping up production on those commodities later down the year. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, thank you all so much for taking time to uh, come on and chat with us about this today. I know things have been really, really busy as we're ramping up to get this stuff out there. So thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Um, exciting things coming through. Obviously, everybody reach out uh, to your TMs if you have any questions on um, the new products that we're rolling out from CMC. Thanks, all. And we are now joined by Rob McCoy, uh, VP of Brewing Operations from Great Notion Brewing in Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Rob. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being, coming on. Um, before we dive into uh, the rolled oats that you have worked with, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into craft brewing, uh, and a little bit about Great Notion Brewing? Yeah, uh, myself, uh, just here at Great Notion, been here uh, about five years since 2018 and currently VP of um, Brewing Operations, kind of overseeing everything that we do here between our two breweries and all everything in between. Um, I started out in the beer industry about 10 years ago, uh, started out when I was 20, 21, home brewing, kind of fell in love with it immediately and I uh, did that for a few years until I found my first gig uh, selling beer at a brewery in Southern California. Um, from there, I went up to the Rare Barrel in Berkeley, spent some time there with uh, those great folks, and then ended up in Portland, Oregon at a Great Notion. So just continuing my career here and making a, a bunch of beer now. So were you just like, is like Portland a magnet if you're like, I want to work in craft beer? So you just go to Portland. 
Portland's a great place to be. I mean, if you're into the beer, uh, food, the outdoors, it's a beautiful place to be. Uh, mm -hmm. Since moving here, I've really fallen in love with the beer culture, the brewery culture. It's like a big, big family up here, which is, I think, you know, the beer industry is a big family, but Portland specifically, it's if you need anything, anytime, hit someone up in town, you'll be able to get it if, if you need something and everyone's some good camaraderie. So it's a great place to make beer. Uh, a lot of great people making a lot of great beer. So it's, it's a, it's a good place to be if you like beer. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. I have been down there and got to explore a little bit of the breweries. It's, it's quite fantastic. Um, so let's dive into the rolled oats. Um, you previously have used the Canada malting flaked oats. Um, and we had you trial, um, our new rolled oat product, uh, that we're just going to be launching. Um, can you tell me about the beer that you used or that you made with these products? Yeah, so we actually ended up doing, uh, we, we planned it out, so we brewed a batch of uh, more or less kind of a standard hazy IPA. So seven, this one came out to 7.2% um, ABV, and um, the reason we chose this beer is we had a larger batch of one of our flagships, uh, ripe, 100% um, Citra IPA. Uh, brewing and we had another beer called Aura, which is very similar, but we had a little bit of a uh, hot product in the uh, bright tank to give it a little extra hop aroma and flavor. Uh, so I thought that'd be a great side by side while trialing this new flaked product. Um, and uh, yeah, got to make these two batches that were pretty identical, except for those uh, rolled flaked oats, and uh, got to kind of taste them side by side, which was which was great. Uh, historically, we were on grain millers for a long time using their flaked product um, early on, switched over to Canada malting uh, oh, maybe about six months ago with, with no issue whatsoever. Um, and, you know, we've learned to use our system kind of in the early days. It was you'd spin those rakes too fast, you mash in too quick, you had your oats too early uh, and you just gum up your mash. You get a stuck mash, your efficiencies go to garbage and all that kind of stuff. So uh, very excited to try out this new product. Well, let's walk through kind of the, the process to dive into what differences you saw. So kind of in, in the mash and in loudering. Um, what differences could you point out between the flaked and the rolled? Yeah, uh, just when we add our uh, flake product, it's used at the end of mash. We try to add, add it gently in the last 20% of our uh, mash in. Um, and again, yeah, big problem is if you overmix it, your brewer's not paying attention, uh, puts it in early, uh, you can gum up your mash pretty quick. Um, for the this new flaked uh, product, has a little bit thicker cut to it. So it doesn't break up and gum up like a bowl of oatmeal immediately. Um, going into uh, this kind of experiment, the, the goal was, hey, if it's, if it's as good or better than our current flake product, then let's, let's check it out. Um, my report from my brewers is mashed and watered like a dream. So no issues whatsoever uh, uh, with uh, gumming up or slowing down. They said they transferred just fine. Um, efficiencies were on average for a, a beer like that for us. Um, and, uh, the final product, uh, tasting them side by side, those beers did come out within a week of each other. So pretty, 
pretty ideal for a side-by-side. Drinking those side-by-side, obviously for hazy IPA, that protein, the turbidity is very key. Um, You get a hazy IPA that's not very hazy and people are not happy about it. So looking at them side-by-side, they're uh, pretty identical. I could argue that the new flake product had a little bit more turbidity, had a little bit more body, um, but I'd be splitting hairs, but I did kind of come back to the second sample and uh, perceive a little bit uh, thicker, fuller body, which is usually what we're looking for in a hazy IPA is that big, lush, soft body. So um, yeah, overall, everything went very well with it. Oh, that's what we love to hear. Um, did you pick out any differences in the flavor or aroma of the beer? You know, I saw we had some visual cues and some texture, but how about the flavor and aroma? Um, not too much. Uh, I don't, I couldn't say anything for the aroma and flavor. Uh, I, I think they're pretty identical to be honest, uh, for those beers being a hazy IPA and one having a hot product in the bright, um, is pretty dominated by those, those hop aromas. So, oh. Um, for this product, it's uh, more neutral than a you know the honey malted oat or something else like that, which is uh, great for what we're going for. Is kind of this protein builder without imparting a lot of flavor, allowing those hops to shine and do their thing. Moving forward, are you excited to get to bring these into the brew house a little bit more, uh, work with them a lot more versus you know the old product? Yeah, at the end of the day, I, I feel like we're making great beer with some uh, the flake dose that we have. Um, so if the bare minimum of what we get out of it is a little bit more uh, rest assured, lottering, um, you know, being a larger brewery, um, you know, we have three full-time brewers on staff plus, you know, seller and packaging. Um, something I really look forward to or look for in products, equipment, anything is how easy can we make this? I know everyone's going to have an off day. Someone might run their rakes too fast on accident. How do we avoid any, 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 any sticks in the mud for our production by making things easier, less to think about uh, for all of our staff? I think our staff is fantastic. We have a killer staff, but there's always going to be something that comes up. So uh, if I have a, if I can rest assured just a little bit, we're not going to stick a mash and we're not going to lose five, 10% efficiency on some nightmare, nightmare uh, mash and water, then that makes me a lot happier. Um, so that alone, I, w- I was excited to make the switch over. And then if we are getting a little bit more body and a little bit more turbidity, uh, even if it's just a hair, then that's always good. I mean, at this point, we're always looking for how do we how do we make our beer one percent better every batch? Uh, sure. And if that's a little bit of an edge, then great, we're making the right right choice and going the right direction. Just that little bit more haze does make a difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're always for where we are, where we started. We started brewing hazy IPA in twenty fifteen, and today for what is uh, people really get excited about for hazy. It's pretty much a different beer. It's uh, we kind of have two levels of hazy. We have hazy and then we have murky. So it, depending what we're trying to do, uh, you know, it's hard to do a production batch of a murky beer. It might be a little more yeast driven, um, but uh, trying to stay relevant and keep up with the, the even the micro trends and hazy IPA has been uh, a topic for us. So make sure we're not brewing 2015 IPA when it's 2023, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for trialing uh, the products. Overall, it seemed like a, a relative minor risk to kind of experiment and do something new because, again, staying relevant is, uh, you know, being on the edge a little bit and trying trying new things, trying new hops, trying new products, seeing what works, what doesn't. And uh, the risk reverse reward was was pretty good. And everything I've had from Canada malting has been working great for us. Um, and then, yeah, on a, on a side note, you know, if the, 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 the price point on it is, is great. So that's another factor in a brewery for us is, mm-hmm. is that price point where we need it. And it totally is. So that's, that's exciting too. Um, great. Do you, is there, as we're gearing up for summer, it's great notion, have any really cool things coming down the pipe? Let's see. Um, man, after last year, which was pretty rough for everybody, we're just happy to be at capacity and keep the beers turning. Uh, for us, being a mostly hazy brewery, it's really cool. Brewing a lot more West Coast and lagers picked up in the past year. Something something different than the regular hazy. Mm-hmm. Um, got a, a bunch of collabs coming out with a bunch of great breweries and doing some cool beers, experimenting with some hops. Um doing a little more R and D at our smaller system. Uh, yeah. just, you know, having fun with it and getting into a good groove for kind of this post COVID world. Uh, I'm sure most brewers have felt every six months, it was something different, something new. So I'm really excited. Just like, let's have a stable year. Let's brew a lot of beer. Let's focus on quality and hopefully not have demand flip overnight for the fifth time. So Oh, yeah, I think we all feel the same way, for sure. Uh, Stability just sounds great. It does. Just a little normalcy uh, would be great coming into this year. Everybody, go take a look for Great Notion if you can find it in your area. And Rob, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, yeah, we we should be all over the West Coast. Uh, We do ship to a few states across the country. We're in about 14 states now. So if you check out our website or our app, you can get some beer direct. Uh, but if you're on the West Coast, hopefully you'll see us in some stores around. I think we're getting to Whole Foods pretty soon here, but uh, we're, we're, we're spreading out a little bit, which is cool. We are now joined by Jonas Hertig of Cabin Brewing in uh, Calgary, Alberta. Jonas is the co-founder and head brewer at Cabin. Welcome, Jonas. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Before we jump into talking about uh, the rolled oats, let's uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about Cabin. They don't know you as well as I do. So, uh, yeah. So we, uh, I'm from Cabin Brewing, as Heather mentioned. Uh, we opened um, just about four and a half years ago um, in late 2018. Um, so it was myself and uh, my two partners, Hayden and Darren. Um, that are the, the three founders. And we are in the Manchester Brewing District, which is um, just kind of southeast, I guess, of downtown Calgary, right by the Stampede grounds. So fairly central. Uh, we're nestled amongst uh, a, a handful of other breweries, um, some of the best breweries in the city. Uh, we like to brew um, all kinds of beers. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess our, our most popular beer would be a... Uh, it's a hazy pale ale called Super Saturation. Um, that's the beer that we actually trialed the oats in. Um, we do a couple other beers year round. We do a West Coast IPA called Sunshine Rain, um, a uh, American style pale ale called Retrospectrum, and a German style Pilsner uh, called Luminosity. And uh, yeah, and then 
try and put out new beers uh, every couple of weeks and uh, yeah, just having, having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, the specialty beer game has been pretty on point for you. Awesome. So we drove over some of our new rolled oats products and dropped them off at Cabin so they could trial them. You typically use um, our like the Canada Malting Flaked Oats, correct? In this beer? That's right. Yep. Yeah. So a, let's start off with how the oats actually just performed in the entire brewing process from start to finish. Um, and then we can dive into uh, differences you saw between the two. Sure. Um, so just, you know, um, visually looking at, at the oats, they, they're a lot more, uh, whole, if that makes yeah. sense. Like <laughs> the, does. the old, the, the older oats were more like, you know, the, the quick oats that you buy at, at the grocery store and like very, very small, uh, particulate, um, like j- just very, yeah, crushed up kind of, uh, and the, the, the new ones looked more like, rolled oats because that's what they are yeah. um, but they're 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 more whole there's a lot less uh broken um pieces in there bigger pieces which uh actually helped the uh the loudering uh we don't use a high percentage of oats in this particular beer but um it did uh we our, our louders were a little bit quicker um we saw a, a little bit of uh, increased efficiency as well, um, like a you know 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2 uh, Play-Doh in the brew house mm-hmm. when we were using these. Um, sensory, we did uh, blind sensory on the beer after uh, everyone, you know, n- no, no, it was no, uh, no worse. Uh, some people thought it was better. Some people thought it was the same, um, but no one thought the the product was, um, you know worse or not as good as as the um the baseline yeah so overall uh super happy with these uh everybody really seems to like them Mm -hmm. well that's a really popular beer so i would hope that it would you know perform really well in it for you um can you tell us some things that you didn't like about it i know we kind of talked a little bit about this earlier but feel free to just kind of touch on you know the one thing that really kind of you didn't like as much about it or the brewers didn't like as much about it yeah. So normally, uh, even with flaked product, uh, we just we throw everything through our mill, um, which just gives us more consistency when we're mashing in um, uh, just a more homogenous grist, I guess, because um, <clears throat> we uh, we have a grist case that we mill into and then a grist hydrator going into the mash tun. So uh, we tried running them through our mill and for whatever reason could just be the geometry of the hopper on our mill or the material. Uh, the oats seem to kind of create, uh, like a, a gap at the bottom of the mill and they, they wouldn't feed easily down into the rollers. So we had to kind of coax them a little bit. Um, so I think for, for these ones, once we start using them full time, uh, I think it might just be easier for us to add them directly to the mash, to the mash yeah. but, um, I've also spoken with another brewer who uh, who tried these, and he had the opposite problem. So the old ones it wouldn't go through their mill. Same kind of issue; they would just get kind of stuck there. And the new ones, he said, he had no problem um, dumping them in the mill and having them travel into the grist case and then into the mash. Oh wow! So could could fully be the mill on that one? <laughs> who who <I'm>, knows? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the equipment. I'm, yeah, I don't know what else it would be. Did Derek brew this? Could it be operator error? 
If Derek did, it's definitely operator error. It was operator error for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Derek. (laughs) Um, So let's just go back to the beer just uh, really, really quickly. Like final product, like visually, did you notice any increased haze, um, any increased um, mouthfeel on the palate, anything like that? Um, Yeah. So in our blind sensory, some some of the notes were um, creamy mouthfeel which we get normally from this beer but uh like more of the participants were noticing that um and the the haze um it's uh with this beer it's got a pretty stable haze to begin with um and it's one that it doesn't really takes a while for it to drop out so honestly we haven't really had uh this batch in cans for long enough to really notice any uh, any real difference mm-hmm. like as far as haze stability um we have noticed the uh the head retention is really really nice with them okay um yeah i think the 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 protein in these these oats are really really nice for foam stability and and retention um just you know nice frothy kind of meringue um foam on this beer so yeah Perfect. We did a whole episode on head retention about a month ago. So we know how important a, that is. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big deal to nerds like me and you. Well, and me too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it really, it really honestly is like, you know, and we, we interviewed some really great people for it, but just talking about like, when you get a pint that's poured right to the top of the mug, like you're not thrilled with that. Like I'm not thrilled with I know. that. Come on! I want a nice. I think every everyone in the industry hits a point where (laughs) the head retention is like very visually appealing, and it's just something that you you know really want to want to see in your glass of beer. Absolutely. Are you looking forward to utilizing like the newer products like moving forward because it's going to be hitting shelves you know pretty soon? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited that it's you know flaked and bagged what is it two kilometers away from from our brewery i'm fairly certain you can see it from your brewery <laughs> yeah if, if we climb up on the roof i'm pretty sure we can see the the canada malting facility so i mean that alone makes me pretty stoked yeah um, you know freshness uh environmental footprint mm-hmm. all of that and yeah the, i mean the product everybody loves the product so i mean it, if we can do one small thing to to make an improvement it's it's great everybody everybody likes that awesome well anything coming down the pipe for cabin brewing that we should know about any you know new beer releases you want to give us a little like sneak peek into got anything well, fun in the tanks we have so we brewed a collab with some of our best pals over at establishment brewing I know those guys. So that's, uh, <laughs> I think that'll be coming out uh, right after this podcast is released. Um, May 3rd. Um, what else do we have coming down the line? We have a light lime lager in the tanks. Ooh. And it's not Bud Light Lime. <laughs> what? <laughs> even though that's what uh, Derek was kind of going for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Modeled so, around, but not exactly <laughs> the same as. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> We're bringing back lime, light lime lagers. Oh my God. I do like um, a light lime lager. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a uh, couple cool sours planned that we've got coming up. 
Um, yeah, we're in, it's almost getting into summer, summer mode. So we've got, we've got a lot of, you know, patio friendly beers in the works. Yeah. I think it's, it's so big for us, you know, here in this part of the world where we get like three, four months tops of summer and we will use it, utilize every little minute of it that we can. So I foresee your patio being pretty packed this weekend. Yeah. It's uh, getting up into the twenties, which, you know, end of April is, is pretty nice in this part of the world. So we're stoked. We'll take it. Awesome. Well, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us. All right. No problem. Welcome to our Ask Abby segment, where you can submit technical and product related questions to our product marketing manager, Abby Connor. Abby, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing awesome. Getting all geared up for CBC. How about you? Yes. Yes. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. And uh, speaking of CBC, that is coming up next week. Can you give us an exclusive first look at what new products will be announced? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not going to give away too much because we don't want to ruin the surprise, but (laughs) we have some really, really great new product launches happening at CBC. Uh, We've got some brewer's yeast that are coming on, um, some flaked oats from a different, a couple different companies. Um, We have uh, samples of those actually at our booth, which is going to be 1345. If you stop by, you can check them out. Um, we also have uh, something, this is my favorite part. Uh, we're going to be bringing on a brand new malt vendor um, that we know you all love already. So be on the lookout at our booth and on our socials for more information on those launches. I uh, can't wait till we get to uh, chat more about it. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Abby, with summer coming up, we had a listener looking for product suggestions to brew fruity beers. What would you recommend? Oh, who doesn't love a cold fruity beer or seltzer in the summer? I might have to get one of those later. Um, It's making my mouth water. Um, So in my experience, uh, getting the most out of your fruity beers takes some science and a little bit of trial and error. Um, It just kind of depends on what type of fruity beer you're going for. If you're going for a wheat or if you're doing an IPA, um, if you want a sweeter or more subtle um, beer, uh, we have options for all of those different types. Uh, First, we have fruit purees by Oregon Fruit, which I know you all love. Uh, They make using real fruit uh, easy with the consistent color, aroma, and flavor to enhance your fermentation. Uh, My favorite part about using purees is that they're concentrated and require less fruit to be added to the blend. Um, Country Malt Group carries a wide range of Oregon fruit purees, uh, anything from the citrus lines to the berries, um, anything fun like rhubarb. And we just brought on watermelon, which is another really fun summer flavor. Um, The best way to determine exactly how much fruit or fruit puree that you add to your mixture just kind of depends on flavor profile that you're looking for. Like I said, if you've got a lighter beer, you don't typically have to add a lot. Um, If you're adding, you're looking for more of a subtle layered flavor, you should be adding less fruit puree to your beer. Um, one thing to note about using fruit, fruit purees is that um, it can at times add a little bit of haze or cloudiness. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're using those. Um, we also have main fruit flavoring. Um, the thing that I love about using these is that they're made with natural flavors and we have a wide, wide range of flavors to choose from here too. Um, using these fruit flavorings is a bit different than using a puree. Um, you're basically adding a fruit flavor without the sweetness. So they can be layered nicely and added into lighter beers or even seltzers without it adding too much of a punch of sweetness. Um, remember when I talked about the haze, you also don't have to deal with that um, like you do with a puree. Uh, these flavorings, you don't have to um, 
worry about that because of the starches and proteins. They don't have those. So suggested dosing for this is about 3% of your total volume. And you can check out these products on our website at countrymalt.com. Thanks, Abby. That was super helpful. Um, Abby will be at CBC. So stop by booth 1345 to chat and say hi with her about any technical or product related questions you may have. Uh, that is a wrap. I want to say thank you to all of our guests for coming on today. Uh, we're really excited to be launching these new rolled oats. You can see the samples at CBC at our booth. So come and check them out. We'll be back next week for a series of mini episodes live from the CBC Trade Show 4. Don't forget to subscribe to the Brewdeck podcast so you don't miss those episodes or any others. And we will see you in Nashville. See y'all in Nashville.